Hello and welcome to another episode of a couple of schmoes, couple of crows, couple of hoes. Grant, Grant, what was the name of our podcast? Been a been a quick minute. I can't really remember now. I think it was a couple of uh, 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 geos. Ah, a couple of couple of geos. Geos, yeah, a couple that of sounds, geos. That sounds familiar. That does sound familiar. <laughs> I mean, you you were looking at it. You said the last uh, last episode here was October of 2020, right? Yes, October of 2020. I think we recorded we recorded a couple in November of 2020 when I moved out to California, but they never got published because I got busy and they just kind of fell yeah. in the cracks. So, and I think um, you know, with how long it's been since our last uh, episode, oh, you, you felt the uh, 2020 rut. I don't know what we were calling it or whatever, but everything was just kind of the same. So, I feel like. We're a little bit past that point. We're now in fresh brand 2022 new time. And oh, got some stuff to talk about. Got a lot of stuff to talk about now. Some varied experience. It'd be a good one, I think. A, a nice comeback episode here for the boys. I mean, the, uh, the Joes. The Joes, yeah. No, I, I think so. It's been, it's been a long time, if you think about it. Especially, uh, what, a year and a half, uh, almost, between now in the last episode which yeah. isn't an insignificant period of time with uh, the, the period of times that we're you know we're in our lives right now and I mean, we're in our i don't know if I'm going to say late 20s yet uh Almost. not, not quite. quite still mid 20s right 24 yeah, 25 26 yeah 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 exactly a couple months away but after that yeah yeah i think i i start that one here pretty pretty soon i'll be 27 <laughs> couple weeks okay. it's already 27th so of, of March and you, you know talking about the the time that's passed though I mean I don't know if you get this but for me it's like constant where I'll remember something like for example the the new Batman movie's out I haven't seen it yet uh, I was hoping to see it here last week but it ended up getting a little under the weather so didn't make it out there but you know that that trailer dropped around the last time that we for actually recording a podcast. It was, I think, fall 2020. Maybe even, uh, it was either August or October. But I felt like that today was a few months ago when I first saw that trailer. And I went, I wonder when that came out. The movie's out now. Or enough, it's been a year and a half. And I don't know if you get that, but for me, with a lot of different stuff nowadays, it kind of just feels like if it's from February 2020 to February 2022, I have no idea how long time actually passed. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it's because, you know, personally I've been so busy with, with my life out here that it it feels like yesterday, but it also feels like forever ago, right? Because there's so many things, especially in the context of, of the podcast history, so much has grown and developed, right? And then I guess as far as the grand scheme of, like, you know, me moving out here to California and, and uh, us kind of settling into our careers, but still maintaining yeah. contact. It doesn't feel like it's been all too long ago, right? Because we still are every time we, we, you know, we talk less frequently because we don't have we haven't been doing the podcast as as routinely. But every time we do speak, it's like picking back up from the last time we we had met or we had had a conversation. And I think that's been good, especially in pan the pandemic times, just for mental health. Uh, actually, having like. Grounded, uh, 
you know, non-podcast conversations. I mean, heck, you you even met me up here in Wisconsin last last fall, I was it. Yeah, I met up in Milwaukee. So yeah. I mean that was a great time. Being able to just actually connect and get together. I think that that's been key. Uh, no podcast, unfortunately, for the the dozen of viewers out there, but um, <laughs> no, that's uh, I think it's going to help us transition straight back into something good here. Now that, like, like I said, you know, we have some varied experience. It's not just the same old, same old. Things are opening back up a bit, like a butterfly's wings now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, one of the great example of of things opening up is uh, it was just this week that the mask mandate at my, the, the company that I'm employed with dropped it. Right. So yeah. I'm seeing, I'm seeing people's faces that I've worked with for, you know, the past 18 months uh, for the first time, which is, uh, it's quite a trip. It's also quite a trip. Yeah. Like, Oh, this is what the lab actually smells like. This is what, this is what wind feels like on your face when you're walking down a building here, right? It, things yeah. are inside a building, right? So it's, it, it's things that you kind of take for granted and it, it's interesting, you know, like you said, things are opening up like a, a butterfly's wings are kind of <laughs> moving back to what they were prior to the pandemic. I would imagine some semblance of, you know, I don't have really a reference point for for, Am, or for the company that I work for uh, to point to, right, uh, beforehand. Okay. But uh, what you, you know, it, people are more social. It's it's kind of it's kind of nice and it's kind of bringing that last aspect of my life that I haven't had uh, with, you know, kind of pre-pandemic sense of normalcy before, right? You know, going to a restaurant has kind of been the same. Meeting with friends has been the same for a while now. Uh, but finally, the occupation, which, you know, you spend a lot of your time and, uh, you know, your waking hours for is finally returned to some point of semblance. Everyone's just a little bit more social, willing to uh, interact with one another. That's the same here. I mean, not too far off from you. It's uh, I think March 1st was the date where the mass mandate, I work lifted as well. Um, so we're still in that month, you know, as of recording, it's still a couple of days left to go till April. So same month where exact similar scenario, you know, people that I've worked with for a long time, I'm actually seeing what, they, you know, their face. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like to, I, I like to say the story sometimes about when I was uh, in the, uh, there's a lot we have to unpack from that's happened over the last year or so, but like when I was uh going around on online dating just to try that out uh, because, you know, you couldn't meet any people in person early 2021. Yeah. I remember meeting up with someone and they had their mask on and it was like coverage. Like the full, full thing was covered um, except their eyeballs basically. And this isn't a bad thing. Like they, it wasn't like they were ugly then turned, you know, pretty or pretty and ugly or anything. I'm not trying to say that. They just were very, very different looking when they took the mask off than you would have thought they were. And it was shocking. I was like, "You what? Who? What?" Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> having to like piece people together based on just their eyes and you know, yeah. their hair. Well, it's crazy. It's like someone someone might have really, really nice, warm, inviting eyes, but then they take off their mask and they just have a mean mouth and just a, like a hard <laughs> a line. Mouth. It's a hard yeah. line there. No smile whatsoever. Then you know, just not expressive whatsoever in the lower half of their face. It can be the case, right? But like, no, I get what you're saying. There was actually a study that was published. Uh, that I saw uh, apparently people find others attract more attractive when they're wearing the mask because I think it leads more to the imagination and and again the eyes are like the window to the soul so you're concentrating on that aspect of people right and then when you take off the mask but it is like a it's like a pleasant it could be a pleasant surprise or it could be um, maybe not an unpleasant surprise but something you weren't expecting like you're saying right and it's like oh 
I, I didn't imagine that's how you looked like under that mask at all, like whatsoever. Yeah. It's it's very interesting. I think I think it's also like deceiving. I think everyone looks maybe younger with their mask on, just the mask, you know, the mask on, just seeing their eyes and everything like that. So it's yeah. it's kind of curious to kind of see that. It, uh, yeah, I feel like the mask actually did kind of um, break down these barriers and kind of made everyone feel very similar in a way. And there's kind of like a this, this common ground that you had, right? No one, you didn't know if someone was attractive fully or not. Right. And it was just kind of like, well, you know, maybe you just treat it more so as, as, you know, interacting with people and taking, taking those interactions for less granted, I guess, based on someone's looks maybe. Yeah. It, it's interesting for sure. I mean, we'll probably be talking about this for a long time up to the point where you know, 2050, we're going to be the folks there. You know, you got these youngins going through high school, like, Grandpa, shut up about the mask. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. It is a, it was a unifying thing that everyone had to go through, right? And everyone has their own interpretation of, of you know, how they feel about it and everything. So it, I'm sure there will be tons of stories uh, to go around, and, and, and I don't know. It'll, it'll be funny. Yeah. Crazy, like. We talked about this at the start of this, you know, I mean, just like to say to Joe's, we called it yeah, back when we called this in December, man, of 2019, but um, it's crazy because we're living through the, you know, that big historical thing that you always read about in your textbooks. And I remember feeling this exact way and talking about this on one of our podcasts right before everything shut down, which is. You know, there's this weird sense of you think about Earth, its history, and all these historical changing events mm-hmm. that occur, and we're going through one of those. And you always think, "Wow, I'd be crazy to have lived like through X or through Y or through Z." And really, in reality, everyone's just sort of living it. It's the exact same sort of sensations that anyone else would have felt, and the same thing that would have happened no matter what. It's this weird like you said unifying experience where it's like, well, it happened. And, and, you know, the big unknown of our, my youth, at least I don't know about you, but like was living, like what would it be like to have lived through, you know, like the Soviet U S crisis for all the cold war drama yeah. that went on. Like, well, you did it. And now yeah. and it happened. And it's just like, you know, COVID it's like, you know, in future kids will probably be thinking the same way if they're thinking like I was like, what would it have been like to have, through this pandemic and you found out all of a sudden you couldn't go and it's it just happened now it's yeah it's what it is yeah it's weird yeah no it is it's this thing where you kind of look at an older generation say for example i guess mine was like world war ii right and you know thinking back about that one it's like wow you lived through world war ii what what was that like right and you kind of revere these people as this, this thing this like legend almost right it's not maybe not quite to that regard but there is some mysticism behind stuff that happens in the past when you're not you're not around right and we we've gone through that with with multiple things at this point and and pretty rapidly in the past like five years but you know we we were very young during 9-11 right you can kind of speak on a little bit it's like the equivalent of being really young during world war ii be like oh yeah no i remember a little bit of it and everything i can remember how the adults were reacting and and kind of that feeling that the, the heaviness in the air and everything like that, but you can't really put a whole lot of memories around it. But now like this pandemic thing, you know, God willing that there's not something worse that comes and takes its place by the time the next generation comes around that they're, you know, that they are actually curious about this stuff and can you know, look at it as a struggle that we don't necessarily have to go through again. Right. 
uh, we, we do get to say, yeah, it's, you know, you know, it happened. It was terrible. A lot of these things, you know, occurred and it was a lot of confusion. And, but, you know, you just, you just find a way to persevere and, and get through it and, and, uh, you know, adapt yourself to be able to live, you know, some semblance of, or live as close to that semblance of normalcy that was prior to those events that had occurred. Right. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a kind of an inter- interesting thought exercise. And I'm sure, like you said, there will be tons of people, you know, growing up, they'll probably interview like, oh, you learned about the great pandemic of yeah. the early, early to- 2020s of the 20s. Grandpa, how, how is that? You know, they interview, you know, you get interviewed. It's like, what was the 20s like? <laughs> yeah. And they have to go do a project in third grade or something like that. On Right. It's, it's, it's funny yeah. to think about it like that. And like, yeah, who knows how, how old any of us will live to. You can never tell the future, of course. But like, if we get to that, that age of like very elderly, that's going to be the, that's going to be weird to me is like, I'll always think because of when we were born, you know, the twenties is like the 1920s. Exactly. And it'll be eventually, you know, yeah. Like grandkid age folks, like great grandkid age people, um, relative to us, of course, on, you know, the twenties is the 2020s that started with the pandemic and then went into some, who knows what else is coming down the pipeline. We already got stuff this year. So, yeah. That's, it's wild, dude. It's that's gonna that's gonna be weird. Um, it's gonna be cool though, I think, because it's like I don't know, you know, you you and I getting born when we did, like right at the turn of the millennia. You know, <laughs> I, who else is gonna be able to say for another thousand years, like I was born and lived in two millennia, two millennia, speculator. Yeah. yeah, those millennials. I mean, yeah, we do have an interesting thing to talk about. You know, yeah. beyond right and the repercussions and everything. And, uh, we, we've talked about this in the past. We live in a kind of a cross, interesting crossroads in history. And yeah. we, do we solidify the path we're going down or is there a huge course correct and everything? And seems like with, uh, you know, with this conflict and, and you know, between the, not the conflict between the, the aggressive war that the Russians have committed upon the Ukrainian people, right? And, and the invasion of the Russians against the Ukrainian as aggressors, the uh, Ukrainians as defenders. Uh, let's get it straight. Let's not beat around the bush on that one. Uh, that you know, we are kind of establishing how things are going to be, right? We are we are going to adapt and overcome. Everyone is dedicated toward these goals of of um, switching over to clean energy, uh, you know, and kind of leaving these fossil fuels in the past. The fact that uh, these sanctions are in place and, and Europe is willing, most of you were Europe is willing to to cut off this this more cheap supply, right? That could fuel them for the next ten years in a more convenient way have decided to go, okay, let's sever ourselves from that and let's accelerate and put the foot, you know, the brick on the gas uh, to get ourselves to these clean energy goals. It's kind of a nice thing to see. And, and it's good to see kind of the West rallying against that, but that's again, something else that we would discuss, right? We learned about in our OGT test, you know, our higher graduation mm-hmm. test in high school, uh, we learned about NATO a lot and globalism and kind of the repercussions there. And, and what we're seeing is we went through this interesting period of kind of more nationalism uh, in the past four years, or, or I guess, you know, one year removed, uh, though, from that, uh, with kind of our leadership change and everything like that. And, but now we've kind of gone more and doubled down on, again, like our Western partners and NATO. And, and, and so it'll be interesting. We're really shaping the geopolitical scene um, for, for years and years to come with, with this, this, this war, right, and the, the response to it. And that's another event that we can, again, put on to our or yeah, I lived through this type of history checklist, right? It's it's very, very, very interesting, right? I, I mean, I, I think everyone's got their 
their their events that they said they lived through that they formed their young adult years around. I don't know if there's any more or less that we can say. If you did like a normal curve and you're like, here's all the generations who've existed through history. Here's the the global impacting events that have happened in their lifetime. And if we have more or less, but but it is kind of this this weird situation that you never feel like you're going to be put in as a kid. It's like, oh, these are all fa- these are all fairy fairy tales. These are all stories, right? But now that we're living through major events like this, it is it's just a good time to reflect on it, right? Yeah. In heck, even taking it outside of the real world, we uh lived through the age of the Dogecoin. I mean, <laughs> who knows where all that stuff's gonna go? I saw yeah uh funnily enough, right before like I was reading something that said that the whole non fungible token um phase is kind of crashing in terms of interest, but you know, long term it's interesting. Like like taking it out of the memes, it's an interesting time where you have all of this digitalization. Um, and maybe this specific round doesn't succeed, but like you said, we've talked about how we're at an interesting technological time too. And I mean, this is a slow, steady march. It's a future that's extremely digital in a lot of areas and a lot of ways. And I know you've you've been on the record saying you're probably gonna um, expect that we break out into either hyper digital camps, or we also have this subset that totally goes and reverts back to nature and naturalism. <laughs> it's you know sustenance farming and uh, lack of technology and all that, getting in touch with your roots. So who knows where that's gonna land? Although <laughs> we'll see. You're right on half that so far. Uh, but that, that's another thing too. Like there's so many technological things that have happened. So many. Uh, cultural thing since our last podcast i think the dogecoin is one of the funnier but it's taking it like in a lighter tone um yeah. like you were saying with uh in the technology and the, the era we're living through uh do you have any best funny stories of the past pandemic era where you had to either work or interact or something with people who are just clearly not used to the the modern uh technology that we have I know I didn't prep you for this one, but uh, so I can go first if you want. But I have a hysterical story that that I thought was funny about this person just joining a call, um, a Zoom call, right? Because that's the way that the world went in 2020 and 2021. And in early 2021, this person I was working with um, was trying to lead this this charge project, big integrated call, big Zoom call that would normally have been a meeting in an auditorium, right? And you hear their dog barking in the background because, of course, everyone's working from home. And it's this loud dog. They're trying to just talk over it. They're not stopping their their speech. No one can hear them. And all of a sudden, like, the dog stops barking. Um, This person finishes their sentence. And then you just hear someone completely forget that they were not muted go, just that damn dog so loud back there. (laughs) Let's call it, like, 250 people. We got this senior director person trying to talk, and granted, yeah. the that, that employee had a point. Couldn't hear anything, and it was the dog. Yep. It was just this dead silence for 15 seconds, and then you hear him go, that wasn't really nice. Yeah. <laughs> and that is going to stick with me for my entire working career. Like, it, you know, if I think about the Zoom era, and, you know, maybe we'll go to full work from home on a larger scale in the future. It seems like we're trending that way, but... I at least am back in the office now full time. I've been for a few months now and, and that's sort of a relic that I'm gonna keep with me of that time where we all had to work on our uh, kitchen tables and stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean 
my my company that I'm working for, right, um, stationed out of California, there tends to be uh, the average age is, is younger, right, um, mm. by, by quite a bit. And I think the, the, the people that do have that longevity, they have a skill set that doesn't necessarily require them to be as technologically in touch, right? But yeah. uh, I, I think... I don't know if it would be necessarily related to the the pandemic or anything, but I've had coworkers in the past and, and currently that struggle to adapt the like efficiencies that, that modern technology and like, especially software brings to kind of the engineering, uh, you know, profession. Right. And it's really, it's really interesting to find that, you know, that that is such a a skill that is I think under appreciated from our generation our ability to get handed a brand new software and be able to pick it up almost instantaneously right and be able to understand how to use it and be like okay you know this is a common user interface um, or or I've seen something like this similar right and and knowing how to just kind of speak that language right because it is, it is another language that we're utilizing right there's operating systems and, and kind of you know there's in a more direct comparison, when you actually code, you, you program in a language and a syntax, right? But the language that user interfaces speak as well and the way we interact with them are very interesting. I find it, I find it very, uh, not sad, but I find it, I find it very interesting that like there, there's a certain age where I feel like there's a cutoff of being able to pick up on that, that, that technology really handily and easily, right? And those individuals tend to all of a sudden stagnate in their career, right? Where, whereas, you know, someone such as myself, who's, who's been, you know, working with computers or knowing how to log into a computer since, since I can remember pretty much, right? That, uh, yeah, exactly. Since I was wee, wee small, uh, and, uh, and, and be able to just like jump into a company and have someone who has many more years of experience than me. But all of a sudden, it's been you know a year since this individual or an individual and I have started at the same time, right? And I, I've I've done laps around this person on being able to understand the technology and the equipment, right? And um and kind of the understanding of, of the business in and out, and and how uh, some individuals, especially those older in age, can kind of fall behind, right? And it, it's interesting because it's almost like what there's like ageism, right? It's like a, it's like a institutionalized ageism, but it's something that's, that's completely necessary, but you can't really, what do you do about it? Right. You need a skilled, you need a skilled workforce just to be able to navigate things almost. Right. And if you don't have that, but someone may have like such infinite knowledge or wisdom in a, in a regard, um, if they can't, if there's still their job role requires them to be able to interact with these interfaces, then they're kind of SOL. And, and that's kind of, kind of a stark realization. I think it especially gets amplified when um, we are in a remote setting where you are relying more on softwares for efficiency um, and, and kind of self-reliance and everything to get things done. So that, that is something I've noticed to, you know, kind of turn your, your short question into a long, long answer. That's what we do on all Joe's. We uh, (laughs) say something easy and simple and then think it through for 15 minutes and come to an interesting conclusion. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, man, for sure. But, so, uh, let me ask another question then here, too, because yeah. uh, this, this ties into something that, you know, or any any listener wouldn't know about, because 
I referenced, you know, last fall we went to Milwaukee and everything, and uh, you seem to be taking up not just there but in general quite the uh, photography kick. So you want to sort of talk through that and, and how you've been exploring that and and some of the cool things you found because I got to tell anyone listening to this I've seen some of the most amazing pictures that one of the bird and Joshua tree like I can picture that in my head that's just wonderful oh so yeah. Thanks, man. oh you know a nice pandemic pickup there uh, I don't know I wanted to hear your thoughts sort of on the podcast about that yeah I mean no thank you for asking I appreciate you taking interest in that um no I mean well I moved out to California in November I think I got my first day here was November 2nd or November 1st 2020 right um, and then, you know, I had just moved out here, so I wasn't ready to travel back to Ohio for Thanksgiving. Um, and so I, what I decided to do is, oh no, let's see. So I, I went, I went, so during Thanksgiving, I went up to the Sierra Nevadas, right? And I went to, um, Sequoia National Park and I was taking pictures of my phone. And the, the beauty is just, I've always been attracted to kind of mountainscapes and everything like that. Um, and kind of that more so than the beach and everything. And I had just never seen anything like this stunning and, and this, this like majestic and, and mystical, right. Uh, that the, the, the giant sequoias portray or, or like illustrate. Right. Um, and so I was just really impressed by that. And I, I had also driven around the area and, and seeing things that were so unfamiliar to my eyes that were still a part of a country that I had lived my entire life in, right? And so I, I thought to myself, you know, I, I really want to capture this. And I do enjoy taking taking images. And we had, a, you know, Ed, uh, who was on an episode of the podcast a while back, he, he you know, did photography as well. And I always took interest in it because you can, you can capture something in, in the way that you see it in that moment, right? And you can share it with someone instead of just making it so personal, right? Or being able to look look on it later on. So I went ahead and, and I, I got a I got a camera, and I you know I've been photo- uh, you know photographing ever ever since then. Um, I'll bring it most places. I don't bring it everywhere. Uh, but there there's so many national parks, and I've I've been going to you know Joshua Tree multiple times, like you had mentioned, and, and taking pictures of, of animals and. And flowers as well, because flowers are so easy to, to photograph, but they're, they're so vivid in color and everything like that. And you can do some like neat tricks with light and everything. Uh, and I've just believe. been kind of honing that as a skill ever since, right? Because it, it's another thing that is, you know, you can break it down into its subcomponents, right? I mean, I'm an engineer. I like to kind of like break things down into their, their, their base ingredients, right? And you basically have all these different variables that you tweak. Right. And, and you have different situations and, you know, OK, in, in areas of highlight, I can adjust these variables and kind of dim it out a little bit. Right. And you kind of just play with that and it becomes almost this like this puzzle and everything. Um, so it's this fun thing to solve. It's like a it's like a it's a mental activity as well. When you run into a situation, it's like, oh, here is this this beautiful thing that I'm seeing with my eyeball. And, but if you don't have the right settings in it in the camera, uh, then you don't capture it the way that you saw it. So it's this fun challenge where you get to kind of challenge yourself as well. But, and then at the same time, you're, you're, it forces you to slow down and kind of take in that moment. Right. And so it's this interesting combination where you want to share it with people. Uh, it's, it's engaging your mind, but it's also causing you to kind of slow down and be more in your environment. 
Um, and just capture moments too. And like, you're going to be a fly on the wall when it comes to people um, and, and photographing people candidly and, and whatnot. And, and, you know, if you like those pictures back then, you should see some of the pictures that I have now because I've got, I've improved so much since, since I had taken the picture that you're referencing. So I don't know. It's just, it's a really neat hobby uh, that I got into that I, I really enjoy, um, you know, putting, putting love into. Um, and I, I think at this point I kind of look at it as like a, an investment, right? It's like, I'm going to start at this baseline. I'm going to buy like the minimum um, camera models. Cameras don't really do like the, the actual interface, right? May change. You may get more functions. Like you might have a swivel arm in it and the ability to like rotate your, 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 uh, like your view, um, like the little image that pops up, right? You can like pop it out on some of those, but really all the technologies in the, in the lenses, right? So I got like the basic lenses and everything. Um, and I'm getting ready to kind of up my game, right? Maybe get some, some more add-ons, more accessories or new lenses to be able to take my, my photography game to the next level. Cause I feel like I have pursued it and in, in, like integrated enough where I, I think it hasn't something that just like sits on the shelf and collects dust that I can kind of bring it up, um, to that next, that next step. I love that. I, I love what you said about, um, you can see something and the challenge is trying to get the camera to capture it the way that you do. To me, that's, uh, um, I, I love photography. I, I'd say I'm a very good amateur phone photographer. Uh, so I don't have all of like the, uh, setup or the settings knowledge or the technical knowledge of, of any kind of, of professional photography work. Um, or I mean, I guess not even professional. Like if you talk to me about the details of your lenses and, and I'd have no idea. And for me, the biggest thing that always bugged me, um, you know, not having the, uh, I, I wouldn't say it's not like the time. It's just, um, it's not something where I'd ever felt yet in my life. Like I'm going to make that dive like you have. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, being stuck where I'm at technologically, uh, the way that I always see that challenge is, you know, I look at the moon and I go, wow, that thing's amazing. And I go click with my phone and it looks like this tiny little pin dot. Yeah. <laughs> wash like, out. Well, yeah. I, I tried, I gave my best. <laughs> and I'm yeah. Gone. Well, yeah, I mean, camera, camera phones are crazy, right? Like my camera on my phone can instantly capture the colors that I'm seeing much better than my camera can, my, my camera camera, right? Um, and it, it's because they use like AI to touch it up a little bit, right? And they know what, they just automatically balance it, right? Like I said, these cameras are, there's like point and click and it's really, you know, you can put it in automatic mode, but automatic mode kind of like, you know, it's like, it's like the medium of the valley, right? You have highs and lows with your settings, right? You can have really bad settings that you do manually. You can have really good settings. And then the automatic mode is kind of that, that trend line in the middle, right? Where it keeps it right there average. So if you can figure out and you understand like the, you know, what settings are best for which situation, you kind of hone it in, right? But these, these, what I haven't been able to figure out with, with my, my camera camera is kind of the color saturation. So a lot of the times if something is very colorful, or if there um, maybe is a little depth because there's multiple cameras on like these modern um, smartphones is I'll use that. Right. And, but when I want to really focus in on say like a, an isolate a single, single item, right. Or, or increase the, the sharpness of, of my subject, then that's when the, the camera itself is superior, right. Because you can really kind of focus it in um, and if you, and then if you like pinch and zoom on that one, once you put it on your desktop versus you pinch and zoom on a, a camera photo, you can see how superior like the camera camera is over like a phone camera. 
uh, just with the, the size of the lens itself and everything like that. And, and also with photo editing apps, like you can re-add that color in, right? You could almost take a reference image with your phone. My phone actually almost makes it artificial, right? It adds too much color. It makes it look more vivid than it actually is in real life. So it kind of can look kind of artificial, but you can take, you can take a picture with your phone camera and then, then take the same picture with the same subject with, with your camera camera. And you can use that, that camera that you took, that image that you took with your phone. And you can say, okay, this is closer to what the colors actually were. Now I'm going to touch it up in post with my image from my, my camera camera and, and kind of enhance it to look like what, how I remember. Right. And, and that's kind of the beautiful thing about it. And you know, people, you can photograph people much better uh, with kind of the, the camera camera than, than a regular phone camera. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man, it's, it's been a lot of fun. I've really, really enjoyed that. It's nice to have a, another hobby to be able to kind of use outside of, you know, physical activity and everything like that. Cause there's so much hiking out here, right. That I don't really need to go to the gym as much. And I kind of rely more on that for my, for my way to, uh, to, to stay mobile and not devolve into such a sedentary lifestyle. And the camera is just another, um, another piece of motivation to get out there and, and exercise in that way. So, uh, it, it, it's been, it's been definitely like an enhancement to my life and just enjoy life and take it in the moment. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I feel like uh, I have a lot of similar understanding kind of of what you're going through. Cause I, I made a trip out to Arizona here in February and yeah, just, you know, see cactuses for the first time. And it's like all the way back to when you said living in the same country as someplace you couldn't imagine. It's like I lived in the U S my whole life and mm-hmm. there are cactuses in this country and yeah, I saw yeah. them and like 40 stories, like not 40 stories, 40 to 50 feet tall. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And all the natural beauty and diversity out there in nature and, you know, making those hikes and taking like those opportunities just to capture something are, are fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, well, it's a different ki- type of beauty too. It's like, we're used to, you know, especially being the, from, you know, from the Midwest, we're used to seeing certain, certain like geological, common geological features and colors or right? a lot of green, a lot of green. You come out here and it's, it's, there's a lot of browns and, and reds and purples and, and these more earthy tones, right? And it's, it's crazy because when I, when I fly back to Detroit, I fly into Detroit when I go back home, right? And, and every time I've been back, it's been, it's been some kind of precipitation. I think I've been back like five times. It's been raining or snowing every single time, right? And, but like the first thing that I notice that my eyes like have to get shocked into, into used to seeing again is all this green and and, and, and then you go to a place out here such as, you know, Joshua Tree, which is uh, in the Mojave Desert, but it's it's also got parts of its national park in the combination between the, where the Colorado Desert meets the Mojave Desert and then it has a transition desert in between, right? Um, and the, the again, the colors kind of change even more. It's like these, these like grays and, and light browns and everything um, with, with green smatterings everywhere. And it takes a while for you to be like, what is this place? Like, it's just, it, there's nothing here. Um, there's nothing beautiful really about it, right? But then you're there for like two hours and you kind of see the way that life is is struggling there and, and the way it adapts and overcomes and and the different odd structures, right? There's just these, there's like a, geo, a geological um, phenomenon here where you know, you have slip plates where plates slip and they kind of go down into a trench, right? You have things when they hit and they come up in the mountains. But then there's a there's another one too where they what happens is the, the plates go over one another, but it, what it ends up in is it just 
ends up in, in these giant boulders kind of erupting from the earth, right? Or being like thrust through the, the, the crust of the earth and sitting on top. So Joshua trees is full of these random giant boulders everywhere, right? And then you have these alien-like trees that look like, like a Picasso painting that are out there. Yeah. And it's just, it's just this other world, right? And you slowly begin to appreciate it. I went out there with a couple friends from college recently and and one guy was at, at first, he's, he goes, you know, he's like, when I first got out, he's like, I didn't think anything of it. I thought this was kind of like, you know, what, what's the, what's the hype about? There's nothing great about this place at all. And then he realized, he's like, but then by the end, I realized, you know, I wasn't in the right part of the park one. And then two, you know, we started seeing, cause we, we, uh, you started seeing it as you, as you keep staring and you kind of start to see the shapes and the, the interesting contrast. And it's more like subdued. Right. And, we went on a hike and saw an oasis and everything. And then you really start to appreciate it. It's like, well, this isn't like anywhere else I've ever been. And it's, it's really, really cool. And, and yeah, I don't know. It's been, it's been neat being out here and capturing with the camera and everything. And to your point, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, there are places all over this world that, you know, it would blow your mind to even see. And it's very interesting to me that a lot of people don't ever get the opportunity or don't ever want to take the opportunity to even see like a fraction of it. So it's 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 cool that those places exist so and there's a wealth of knowledge outside of our own immediate surroundings that we can go and explore at any any given whim in this country i mean i i the one for me is like we went to the grand canyon in arizona and i oh my goodness like that have you been i i was there when i was 16 but i was i think like a yeah. moody teenager so i don't think i appreciate it as much as i could have but yeah i like that. i mean uh, it was unbelievable. Like I couldn't even fathom it. And then you look across the rim and we pulled out our phones and it's like 10 miles to the other edge. Yeah. And that's like incomprehensible. Yeah. I mean, there, uh, I, I don't want to say that, you know, I was crying or anything, but man, it, it made a, it made a man tear want to spring to your eye, just staring down into it, dude. Yeah, no, it's, it's unbelievable. It is. I mean, it's, I, I've, I've gotten teary eyed like a death Valley and, Joshua Tree and up in Sequoia, I literally I couldn't couldn't catch my breath when I first saw the giant Sequoia trees because they're just they're onto another scale. It is like being in a like an RPG, like a fantasy game or something, yeah, or something that Disney would create. You know, it, it's and then you and then you realize actually how much Disney and, and movies and art is inspired by places out here more so than you know, where we're from like the Midwest and it's like, Oh, it all makes sense now. Right. It, it's, it's really interesting how you can go out there and kind of find that out. My favorite thing that I picked up, uh, is really related, but, uh, all the way back to when I asked like pandemic pickup, right. For me, I think it's hiking period. Like starting with the one that we did in, uh, in our 2019 spring break when we went to Red River Gorge National Park or Forest or whatever in Kentucky. Um, that was really the first time that I'd hiked like straight up in a, in a legitimate way. And uh, I didn't, it was really cool to me. It didn't really go back to it until here, like, like with the actual post 2020 timeline, uh, hiking is one of my favorite activities. Now. Oh, yeah? Like just yeah, finding ways to, a trip centered around a good hike or a unique hike or going out again, like the, the Arizona trip was planned around. All right, let's hike around our home base near Phoenix. Let's hike around this cool lake to the Northwest. Let's go to the grand Canyon and hike. It's that's something that I've really appreciated because I, I think it takes a lot of the great qualities of what we've been able to 
appreciate and slowing down and getting less focused, uh, you know, in 2020 um, on the the day to day and the hustle and bustle and, and a lot of the return to sort of nature that's happened, I think, in society. Um, who knows if it sticks? I feel like it's already kind of not. But like in the individual level, that's something that I think is is sticking with me is that appreciation for just slowing down, going outside. Yep. And, and not just going outside to go to an activity, but having going outside be the activity. That's the thing that I've picked up that's new that I really like. Yeah, man. No, that's great that you found that and that's kind of re- or invigorated you to go, you know, explore that new hobby and everything. I, check out my Instagram story from this morning. Um, there's like a hike that started, like it's a, I guess it may be like a two and a half mile hike or something like that. Two and then, you know, two and a half back or whatever. But it's right, it's right near where I live, right? And you can actually see, you couldn't see the ocean from it today, but I'm pretty far inland, but you can go up to the top of this little mountain and you can see it. And then you just see all these roaming valleys and stuff. Next time you're here, we've we got to check it out, man. Um, yeah. And there's, there's plenty of, plenty of hikes to be had, but I, I guess I want to run something by you that maybe you've noticed. Uh, Cause you, you, you know, you mentioned getting out to nature and kind of reclaiming that aspect of you. Um, when when you go hiking everything does does it make you feel like more alive that that exertion and that that just being out there in the fresh air and everything uh because yeah that's a quick answer i mean we're probably going to talk about it i'll bet for a few minutes here but short answer yes and it's an immediate like visceral feeling yeah yeah no yeah because i just want to because i i I realize that soon because i feel like especially Especially, I, I don't know, maybe maybe more so in like you know heavy technical jobs or any, anything white collar, right? You get you get kind of trapped in this this bubble of you know this is important and th- this is what it's all about, right? Like you got to push forward, you got to meet with these people, you're networking, you're constantly building everything up, right, to this 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 boiling point here. But then when you go to when you go to hike and everything you know I, I went to joshua tree again with some friends uh, again recently and we we did this like eight and a half mile hike and i felt so alive because my my body was aching not just from like sitting still or whatever and my brain wasn't full right but my brain was empty and and my body was was the thing that was tired right and it's such a like fresh invigorating feeling and it, it does so much to kind of help you realize okay this is what it's all about this moment because you, you stand like in the business world and the world of humans, right? Everything is constantly changing and evolving and it becomes such our focus. But then you go out to and you zoom out a little bit and you, you go out to nature and you go and you start to feel human again. You start to feel like you're alive because you're feeling these different things. And you see, you know, this this geological formation has been around for tens of thousands of years and, and, you know, people come and go, but, but this is, this is rock steady and stagnant. It is kind of this very grounding experience from, 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 from my perspective. So I, I'm, I'm wondering, I'm curious, have you, have you maybe gotten a similar feeling uh, with, with your, your journey? Yeah, I mean, first off, I had a funny quip I want to share when you're talking through that. My brain went, head is empty, but my lactic acid is full from exertion. That's <laughs> what we're aiming for here. Um, but no, I, I agree. I think the way for me that it really stands out is, um, the, uh, the hike that we did, uh, through devil's lake, um, in 2020, which is a, a 
state park in Wisconsin, really beautiful view. It's this, um, you know, there's nothing terribly mountainous like the Rockies or the Sierras in California out here, but the Driftless region in Wisconsin is like, you know, a pretty hilly area, I'd say, um, a couple of thousand feet at least, uh, and change there. And it's this beautiful mountain lake type look. Yes, it's not mountains. Um, but that hike that we did, um, I recreated that here in the, in the winter time with a beautiful winter hike. And it's just this, this feeling of like, you know, we were there two years ago. I was there this year. People will be there in a few years and it's just there. And it's this thing for you to go out and and really take in as an individual, but then as a, as a, a group of people, as a, I say society, as the meme goes, um, it's something that's shared. And it's fascinating because I feel like so much of modern online culture is trying desperately and, and pretty much in vain to be different by some level of, of fictitious circumstance. And um, it's fascinating to go back to this this notion of what I feel like would be almost like an epic fantasy or just reading out of a history book. Like if you were to read something about like historical kings and such fighting over a realm and you know that that big tree or that mountain or that lake is just always there in the story. And that's what we're able to see when we go out to these fascinating places. It's like this, like you said, like this, this rock steady, um, uh, this unchanging location. That's just something we can, we can gravitate towards and appreciate, take something back with us and, and go through our own unique lives in a different and exciting way. It's kind of how it feels to me. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it very much is, I guess, the way I view it as well, you know, build on that. Um, it, it's it's very calming, right? Because it's like, no matter what changes in my life, this will be here. Yeah. And and I can go back and you just kind of, you can learn from it, right? You can learn from that. It's like, it, what it tells me is just just keep moving. Whatever happens, this will always be here. Just remember to take the moment out know of your day to kind of slow down and appreciate what there is because really it's you know this this is our home and this is all we got right so um you gotta you gotta appreciate it and cultivate it and, and all of that and i don't know i just find myself kind of realizing that every time i try to get myself in that headspace every time that i go out and do a hike because it is a very satisfying headspace to be in right and it's an easy headspace to get in um with, with that trigger of, of being out in nature. And I, I, I think that's something that really the pandemic has kind of helped to, to solidify. It's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to still continue to work as hard as I always have, but now it just gives me a little bit more context for what it's all about. Right. And, and yeah. More direction and, and what it all means in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, I'd say over the last few years, and, and I feel like this is, this is just growing up and maturity and, and such, which comes to everyone at various speeds um, throughout life. But I think this also is accelerated by the pandemic. I mean, I remember sitting here talking to you about similar concept in late 2020, where it's like, you know, I feel like we're accelerating a, a, a knowledge that is learned by everybody, but at different speeds. And, and I think that it's still the same, which is that, um, appreciation for for people and situations and and activities as opposed to things is something that you you think about someone who's like a grandparent and i I had this happen in my 
family history with, with you know, an elderly family member who um, their house burned down, but, you know, they weren't worried about the stuff. They made sure they got their pictures off their nightstand and they took that. And that's what was important. Um, was the actual, you know, the people and a visual representation of the memory of that and like the activity they've shared with them and still do to this day. Yeah. So that's something that really strikes me. I feel like that I've, I've changed in over the last couple of years more yeah. quickly than I probably would have is that that headspace of the goals that I have now for what my life looks like in 10 years or 20 years are not centered around like a thing anymore. Like it, it would have been like, I think, Previously, it probably would have been like a, a house somewhere. Like a, I think we talked about this when you came up, like getting a nice house somewhere to be yeah. able to go to a place that I wanted um, and, and really enjoy it. And I think now it's, you know, sort of a similar goal, uh, you know, getting somewhere where I would want to be and settle down. But it's around people now. And it's not like the, the house, but it's like, all right, where, what is the experience near wherever I live? Yeah, I want to see location, location. Yeah, and, and that's the that's the difference. I think that uh, comes to people, but for me, it's quicker. I think, and like you said, the pandemic I think played a part in that. So everyone's taking something different back from here. Like you said, it's you know a historical event, but you, you, like I said, you know, it just sort of happens, and people react to it and learn from it and, and move on to be better, and make the world a better place from it. So in all our own ways, we have that. So that's for me and. That's definitely sort of a summation of, you know, your question around like hiking, what it means to me. And that's sort of a representation, I think, physically of that is I've really learned to appreciate that, like making the journey, the the actual destination, not just wherever we're going. So pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's uh, a little getting a little deep there. So uh, I'm going to bring us back up real quick. You have any favorite memes going on right now? Memes? Uh, I'm not. I've never been a big meme guy. I think you know that about me. I never really like dove into that foray too much. So no, I don't. I don't really have any. I kind of just concentrate now on on work, family, and, and uh, you know, my girlfriend. So I don't. I don't really. So so what you're saying is that maturity I reference has come to you faster than me. Well, <laughs> that doesn't. No, you don't have to equate <laughs> memedom with with maturity. I just. Uh, I, it's okay. just I I don't find it something that I have the mental energy to or the need to put energy towards. That's, that's probably healthy. What about you? What about you? I don't want to be the you know the suck all the air out of the room oh. with that that comment. It's it, I'll send you an example of this, but it's this real niche one where it's um it's this like sort of trap song with this girl saying that you know she's gonna party she'll she die she'll she dies with her chin up high. And she just keeps going. It has this funny beat to it. And it, it's like real niche. Like the highest like viewership I've seen on one of these is like 800 com- or eight hundred likes or views. Um, but it's this community of like pet owners. So the, the meme is like your, your cat or your dog is sleeping. And then you put this filter over them like as you're taking a video. Yeah. And it's this song where it's like do, 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 do. And the visual is this like. 3D like cartoon Dragonite from Pokemon just like twerking and like shaking its chest like that. <laughs> like like it's like bouncing his his titties. And it's just like dancing on top of these sleeping dogs. And that's yeah. the entire thing. Okay. So stupid. Here, I'll I'll send you a I'll send you an example. Um which again, fittingly has 84 84 likes. 
Right, right. That's what all. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, so, um, oh, wait, I'm back unmuted. Perfect. I had to cough there for a second, so I muted up. uh, No, yeah, big big change, you know, uh, relative to the last time we had this podcast. I mean, I'm engaged now, which is wild. Hey, congrats. it's it's crazy and it's wild to think you know like with how time flies and all that like the last podcast that was months away from meeting her period so it's crazy but yeah no it's uh i'm engaged to a wonderful kentucky native both of us here in wisconsin uh living life loving times she's uh yeah she uh i don't know which we're gonna keep from uh sort of going through pictures and whatnot i don't know how much audio is there but yeah she's the uh, person i referenced going to arizona with cactuses and all that so it's uh it's great stuff yeah man i'm excited for you i'm very happy for you that's 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 incredible yeah what's that been like you know can you, you what are your your thoughts feelings and emotions going through like this this whole process it's um i guess the first thing i'll say is is I actually don't know. There's a lot to say. And, yeah. and, you know, I guess it's kind of the whole experience is just a very, it's life in, in a nutshell. Like, you know, a relationship with someone else that gets really serious is um, quite a, quite a gambit of experience, lived, shared, you know, emotions uh, separate together. Um, it's crazy. But uh, definitely the coolest thing, of course, you know, I'm, I'm getting married to her um, is, you know, I really enjoy her company and the, the, biggest thing I like to uh, reference if, if someone asks that kind of question is like, you know, I, I never, never understood for the longest time, like, you know, the marriage, right? Like I always thought in my head, like, one of my buddies told me he, he got married here and he's in Wisconsin as well. And he said that he proposed at this place where they, they had met, in college and they would just go to this this spot on campus in this chapel in the back corner and they would just talk for hours and hours until like two or three in the morning mm-hmm. and i thought man that's a lot of work like who, who would do that that's i could never imagine doing that that's so much work um based on my own experiences right and what i realized is when i met her uh, my fiance is like no i would do that and it's like the, the whole point is you find someone where that isn't work and that, that's just enjoyable and what you want to do and I'd say like the second that I found it, I knew, I knew like pretty close to it immediately. So I think there really is something to that, like compatibility and connection that you can have. So that's pretty cool. So that's an emotion. The, uh, the more immediate one is we're getting married here in July of 2022. Uh, So it's coming up and and we're having a real small wedding. Um, It's only going to be immediate family. Um, And then we're doing a big, uh, a celebration is what we're calling it in October where we're having, you know, formal RSVPs and invites go out. We're gonna have a big party. We got an event space rented out. Um, but that's something that we carried over from the pandemic and our, and our friends and colleagues in the pandemic did, you know, real small COVID weddings and all the feedback we ever got was, it was amazing. And like my, my cousin uh, did the exact thing we're planning just out of necessity though, where, you know, in 2020, they got married and then they didn't have a, a party until, you know, months or a time later in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had a great, great experience with that. And really excited to see that play out. And, you know, for the podcast, I'll report back on if that's the way I would recommend all y'all listeners go. <laughs> but um, 
yeah, excited about that. And and I guess even with that small of a group, it's uh, going to be nine to 13 of us, depending on if her sisters can make it. Uh-huh. Um, it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of, a lot of work planning for it. So it, yeah. no matter the size, there's a lot of prep you got to do. I mean, location, food, uh, venue, getting uh, someone to a, like a minister, uh, photography, uh, all of that still doesn't go away. It just shrinks in sort of scope. Yep. We still got a plan for everything. And, you know, uh, there's, there's some texts that were going along earlier today between both of our moms where they're talking about, all right, do we need to bring any lawn chairs? Any <laughs> because lawn are they going to have a small venue we're going to, we're, we're doing an Airbnb and right nearby is a lake and we're going to do the, the ceremony there. It's like, well, can we bring the chairs from the Airbnb? Would the Airbnb person be okay with that? Let's message them. Do we need to have someone go in their pickup and bring up some chairs from the store? Or do we want to bring them from Kentucky? Yeah. It's like this one small thing and this one tiny piece of this detail. And it's like, I'm stuck between no matter what, it's going to be awesome. And it's just going to be whatever the day is. But at the same time, I get it. People have to sit down somewhere. Right, right. No, exactly. No, that is something you have to think about, right? You guys are doing it. It's a lot of thinking and a lot of thinking things through, like not just the the wedding, but, you know, planning and all that for, for life with someone. That's a big step. Right. And you guys, what are you guys, what are you guys doing then? Uh, Where are you guys doing it? I mean, Uh, we're doing it in a a small town in Northern Wisconsin. It's in the Northwoods um, uh, right on clear Lake is what it's called. Um, So we got this house. Um, and yeah, it's big enough for everyone to fit. So we're going to stay there for a few days, have families commingle and just hang out. And then we're going to do a small ceremony on the dock right there. Oh, nice, man. That'll be a little intimate wedding, huh? Exactly. We, we, we wrangled with calling it an elopement. Um, then we figured that people wouldn't like, some people may not get that. Um, because we want it to be with family. So like, you can't elope with people. And it's like, well, technically you can do whatever you want, yeah. but, um, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Right. Right. But so, so yeah, I mean, I mean, that's probably honestly the way to do it. Right. Cause not only is it more focused on just you two, then it's, it's cheaper. I imagine. Right. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're probably, I mean, we didn't, we didn't do it. Uh, she was actually the one who brought it up. So I'm in the clear on like, you know, any, nice. any like family going, are you trying to push this on her? She's the one who brought it up. I'm yeah, just yeah. like that to be honest. Um, <laughs> but no, the, what we agreed on was like, you know, it wasn't about the money. We wanted it to be like you said about, about us and not having the stress of having to, for example, like invite you out yeah. <laughs> along with that, all the hundreds of other people. And you spent you individually, and all of this invested money and time and we didn't we were really worried that we would not like give you and then the other you and the other other you and the other other you on her side and all these people to do time and like you know respect we feel you all deserve which is why we're doing a like just a, a single event later where it's all of our friends and all of our family are invited and we can just have a party with it right. and we aren't stressed about getting married and all that yeah i mean that's a <laughs> That's a good point, and that, that does kind of cut down the stress and makes it – it depends on what type of people you are, right? And it depends on what your yeah. expectations are and, and all of that. So, I mean, I think it makes sense to just do whatever you feel you're most comfortable with because you don't want to take – you don't want to take yourself out of the moment in any regard, right? If you, if you don't find it – if you're not comfortable with doing, like, a big thing 
And it's going to take you guys out of the moment that you're going to enjoy it less. Yeah. And why the hell do that? Exactly. Whose expectations and, are you living up to, right? Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing is I'm not saying this is like the formula everyone should follow. The key thing and like the statement I gave was like, we feel like we would be stressed out and that we might miss, you know, significant, meaningful engagement with our friends who made the trip. And not everyone's going to be like that, but I think we would be. So we made the decision to focus just on us for the actual ceremony. Right, right. Yeah, that, and that makes sense. Um, to your point about money, I mean, it's, like you said, it's not about the money for us. That was a benefit, but it wasn't our primary reason. But, yeah, it's going to be about a fourth the price. Yeah, no, well, that, that's always good, right? Because then, then you can spend it on, you know, other things. <laughs> Like getting a jump head start on your your life, whatever the the next steps that you see there, or you know splurging and and putting it more so in like an extended stay or doing more something more extravagant uh, for your honeymoon or whatever that may end up being, right? So that's I feel like yeah. it gives you more flexibility in that way. Maybe maybe disappointing to some people depending on what their expectations are, and they like oh I deserve to go to this wedding and stuff like that, right? Yeah. But I feel like that's a lot of that's a lot of what it becomes anyway. I know in, in my my you know area that I grew up in, these these weddings are massive, and you invite so many people, and everyone thinks that they have a right, they have a stake at the wedding because you know I I had this experience or I'm related to this person or whatever, and it's just it's just easy yeah. to be like, no, we're gonna do the immediate family, and then we'll have a party from there, and everyone can come out, and we'll just do it that way. I, I think yeah. that that means less less hurt feelings, but also is just so so much less complicated than, than what it needs to be, right? Exactly. That's kind of what we were thinking. And I don't proclaim that, you know, we're any by any means the first people to do this or come to this realization, but she was talking me into it. And I was like, I said, you know, oh, hey, what why what, what about inviting, um, you know, like plus ones and like, how are we going to explain, um, that, you know, we we're not inviting you like it because that goes against like you got to do. And then she said, why do you have to do it? And I went, Oh, I mean, I yeah. guess it's because of like the familial relation. And she's like, I don't know, but we'll get that. But why do we have to do it right now? When we're going to stress out. Um, and I think that's what we're aiming for is, you know, we, we know ourselves and, you know, as a, as a couple, we know that we wouldn't do, we would at least feel like we didn't do our friends justice if they made this trip for the ceremony and we were as stressed out as we are about it. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, maybe that's, that's, you know, maybe that's a cop out, but I don't think it is. Like, I think again, the, the statement is, you know, with all these like traditions of spending so much money on all of these wedding requirements, but it's like, why, why do you have to do that the same way as everyone else? And I think that's something we're seeing a lot more in a, and kind of time back to our outdoorsy thing, right? Like, you know, why, or even just the pandemic in general, like, why do I have to go into the office five days a week uh, when I can do the hybrid work? Yeah. Or like, why do, uh, why do I have to do, um, you know, nature and like sort of a drive by way instead of actually going and, and hiking out through it. And, and I don't know, that's, I feel like something that maybe it's just our age. Like I say that a lot, but maybe it is. Maybe it's something that we're seeing collectively here is slow down a little bit, appreciate, you know, immediate connection and get back into it. No, I, I think that's a super healthy thing to do in your societies. I feel like a lot of societies don't do that, right? Where you take a step back and you question, why are we doing it this way? And is this the best way of doing things? And does it fit, you know, who am I doing this for? Am I doing it for me or am I doing it for 
you know, this, this, this societal expectation or family expectation or whatnot. Right. And so that, I mean, that, uh, you just got to challenge those molds and again, do what's right for you. I mean, I, I, I can, I can find some common ground with you there. I know when, you know, when the time comes for me that I'm going to, I'm not going to have something traditional that everyone does at my hometown. Everyone gets married in the Catholic church and they, they do that whole thing and they go, right. I'm already, I'm already considered myself outside the Catholic church. So that's definitely not happening. So there's that regard. I'm, I'm in an interracial relationship too. And that breaks the mold as well. Right. From what's like typical, I guess. And especially in the area that I grew up in with it being like 98% white. Um, and so like, it's like, and you know, if you really let yourself be too tuned in to what other people are saying and, and dictating your decision-making based on, what you perceive as the societal expectation or, uh, you know, maybe there is an actual like expectation that you've heard verbally and, and, you know, written in stone, but, uh, it doesn't need to be that way. And you can do whatever, whatever makes you happy. Right. And going with that regard and, you know, whatever that scale and, and scope of, of what that entails is going to be different from one situation to the other, but the kind of crux of it and when you boil it down to its parts is, is, you know, just do whatever you feel is right by you and not by any other individual organization or society or whatever, what have you, right? And, and so I think that's, that's a powerful thing of doing it that way, and, and I can respect it. I mean, it, you know, it, it's if, if you're really happy for the person, you really care about the person, then you'll be, you'll be excited for them, whether they decide to do it one way, you know, option A, option B, option C, or this new option that no one's ever heard of before, right? And and that's what really matters. And you might think, oh, you know, it would have been would have been nice for it to be this way because that's how I'm used to it, right? And that was kind of what my hopes were. But, but no, at the end of the day, yeah, if you really do care about that person, then you will you will support them no matter what that decision is. Yeah, man. But uh, yeah, if, if you got things to be moving on, we should segue here. I mean, we are, after all, a, a coffee podcast, Grant. So. Uh-huh. You got you got a review? You got a review for us? Yeah, I do. You bet I have a review for us. Um Hang on, I didn't think about this ahead of time. <laughs> Liar. I know I'm lying. Um no, no, no. Uh, what it is is I think you know with like this this illness I got uh earlier. I'm still like recovering a little bit and kind of in a, in a sleep days. Uh so I had something where I wrote it down. Like, all right, I had this coffee. Don't forget it. And I lost that. So let me, give me a minute to try and remember. All right. So in a fraction of a second to the listener, I have uh, remembered <laughs> all of this but, uh, coffee I was referencing. So for my latest trip to New Orleans that I took for work, um, I found this really cool coffee shop right on Chapatula Street, which is a street that runs pretty much straight through the heart of the warehouse district downtown then curves north to the French Quarter. Um, and it's called the Revelator Coffee Company. And it's this wonderful little hole-in-the-wall coffee shop. And, I, I mean, just the aesthetic of it. Like, if you're listening and you're interested, it's uh, Revelator Coffee Company, New Orleans, and you can get a picture on Google Maps, Street View. It's this wonderful, you know, gas lamp out front, small, nice wood door. Uh, leads into this beautiful small coffee shop space. And um, I actually got the same thing twice because it was both A, good, and B, what they suggested as a signature at the time. And it was a honey latte. 
bitch was amazingly good. I have never had a a honey based coffee drink before, mm. and I know that this isn't a coffee view like I'd normally would do where I go somewhere and I say I first tried their uh you know straight black coffee to get a sense of their actual work and quality and all that. But it was their signature. It was a beautiful morning out and I felt like I wanted it. So I got it. And I got it again because it was amazing. It was unbelievable how like the natural sweetness, like the non-fake sweetness of the honey where you know it's obviously very stickly sweet but it's not added, right? Um, it's just a byproduct of the, the actual content of the drink. Yeah. And it, it was just deliciously smooth with the actual latte milk got paired with whole milk first day. And then the second day I got it paired with oat milk. And usually I've been a fan of oat milk. We've talked about it on the podcast before. I think for this case, uh, it was a little too much of a flavor contrast yeah. with a nice smooth whole milk option. A nice honey latte is now a drink that I've been trying to order couple of different shops that i frequent regularly um i've had some great examples but nothing quite like this one i don't know if it's you know if at first sight and everything else is sort of second to it or what but they did it right they they did a really smooth really sweet drink that was exactly what i was looking for as a nice pick me up on a beautiful february morning in new orleans so that's exactly what i was hoping to get out of it and it paid dividends beautiful shop um would recommend i'm going to be going back there at the very end of april um and i'm gonna make another stop at that place it, it was quite good nice man yeah, yeah. oh go for it oh sorry that sounds very delicious honestly go ahead yeah and it, it's like for rating i don't know exactly how i'm gonna get this against normal coffee drinks we do i know we have a scale nominally but what i'm gonna say is that you know i'm gonna normalize the the coffee latte scale right so if we if we have like a standard milk latte at a nice 50 percentile then i'd say you know uh an almond or soy latte we're gonna bump that down to maybe a 30 percent, so three out of ten um and if we have a nice oat milk latte that i think it can be done really well we're gonna bump that to uh, i'd say like an eight out of ten and this honey latte i'm telling you like compared to any other flavor profile i've ever gotten was natural honey too so it wasn't like one of those syrupy things it was delicious yeah i, I would rate this as like an eight and a half to 8.75 probably out of 10 i think you could make the uh the drink a little better um if it had a little bit more of the smoothness of the milk but i mean that's real subtle no one on here is going to really know exactly what i mean when i say that anyways so for all intents and purposes it was brilliant so we'll say 8.75 out of 10 on the uh new uh, enhanced latte scoring scale there you go new enhanced yeah we're all new, new after so many. And you got you've got a lot of time to think about, is what I'm trying to say. You've, you've had yeah. plenty of time to refine this idea and really work on that scaling system. So I'm glad that you've been thinking about it all the time. But good on you, Grant. <laughs> I've been thinking about the latte podcast scoring scale since October 2020. I never got off. Exactly. Oh man. Nice. Well, very nice, man. I mean, as far as coffee things go with me, I mean, I've actually. I have actually um, gotten uh, the ability to drink more coffee now. I, I I can do it, and the effects aren't as adverse. So I've been I've been diving to my own coffee exploration recently as well. I think it's just uh, my diet out here now is just a little bit more clean, and and I I know my body a little bit more, you know, a little bit better at this point in, in life. So I know that I just need to balance it out with making sure that I have food in my stomach and everything. But yeah, I've been drinking. 
a few different types of coffee and not just decaf. So I uh, got a French press and everything and kind of fraying into that. So we can we can explore that on the next venture. I guess our, our gimmick is almost yeah. gone where you love coffee and then I, I like it too, but I can't stand it. And it's now starting to, I'm starting to mellow out and kind of normalize a little bit. So that's, uh, we, we can explore this next chapter together. You know, it, there is a lot of new, like I said, uh, from the previous iteration to of the podcast to, to now. So uh, be, be excited to explore this together. Yeah, so what you're telling me is that in July here, we're going to go get coffee together? Yeah, that's that's a reality right there, Grant. It is. Wow. Yeah. A dream come true. A, a <laughs> lifetime achievement. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, hey, man, it was good catching up with you again. We'll uh, we'll get this out to the people, but uh, uh, you know, I don't know, Grant, if you want to go ahead and give us You want to go ahead and put us into closing? I think that's how we used to do it. Yeah, that is how we used to do it. We got to keep some traditions alive around here, so we have some carryover. But no, it's wonderful to be back in the saddle here, and uh, you know, there's a lot that's changed uh, in both of our lives throughout the last year and a half. But you know, we're still who we are. Uh, you're still a great friend. Uh, I- I'm looking forward to getting to explore this next chapter of life here with you. So um, can't wait to give the people what they want. Talk more frequently. Uh, get this out to the masses, and, and yeah. I alluded to it a minute ago, but we got some shenanigans going on here in early July. Uh, for those of you that are keen observers, uh, that's right before I, I'm getting married here. So hopefully we're going to have some good stories that we can share on the, the platform about that time. So I appreciate all the, uh, all the effort, all the work uh, put into getting this uh, back up and running. Um, looking forward to keeping it going and can't wait to see where this takes us this time. Now that we again are out of uh the 2020 COVID time and we're in a post 2021 COVID time where maybe there's stuff to talk about again. So looking forward to doing that with you and looking forward to connecting back with the audience. Goodbye.